one man, one mission to rid the world of low standard and mediocre acting once and for all. Brian Timoney, the world's leading authority on method acting, brings you powerful, impactful, volcanic acting and business of acting techniques in his special acting podcasts. It's Brian Timoney's World of Acting, Unplugged and Unleashed. Hi everyone, and it's uh, Brian Timney here, and I'm joined by Rob Goodman. Welcome, Rob. Thank you very much. Good morning. So, what we're going to fight about today, Rob? Um, Who knows? Well, it's a big, uh, you know, there's loads of things. You choose. Um, right. I want to talk about rehab because you Do know, you? yeah, because in a recent podcast we did, we talked about crack hole actors. We did. Have you ever uh, been in rehab, right? No, I've never been in rehab. Nor me. No. no. So I they tried know. to send me, but I said no, no, no. That seems familiar. Yes, right? yeah. Um so, because it's kind of like in um, in Hollywood um, terms, ho- almost now rehab is a uh, you know a rite of passage. You know, it's so it happens so often. I'm beginning to wonder whether actually some actors are using it to promote their image, to actually boost their their popularity. I'm sure um, they are. I'm sure they are. I mean, we've got you know we've yeah. got people like Lindsay Lohan who famously have you know been in and out of rehab. We've got Robert Downey Jr. who who went through that process as well, and now he's like really one of the biggest um, actors in the world right now. Um, and to be honest, I would say that probably didn't damage um, his image as an actor uh, from the point of view that he was always seen as this bad boy. And uh, it sort of maybe, even in some sort of weird way, um, h- helped boost that image um, within uh, what he did. Um, so here's, here's the thing is that it's quite, it can be quite common for you know, actors, especially at the top of their game, to go through, to, to hit rock bottom, if you like, and, yeah. and have to go through rehab. Now, it's not that I'm promoting that it's a good thing to go through rehab. It's like for the people that go through it, I guess it's unavoidable. You know, they've hit rock bottom, they've got to do it. Um, but it's interesting to note the effect that it can have on that actor and their career. Is it been a you know something that's actually um, been a positive thing? It's brought them through a very dark period of time where, and it's in, you know the, the funny thing about this, Rob, right? That I think is interesting about this is that I think that many people come into acting. You know, and it's all about this, you know, if I hit the big time, you know, if I hit become a movie star and I'll get all this fame and wealth and notoriety, that's going to solve all my problems. And I think that... Really? No, I think that's the, what is... What, the what actors, a lot of problems. Well, yeah, I think what a lot of actors that do reach that, mm. that point realise is that it doesn't solve their problems. In fact, it probably only increases their problems. Um, so it's interesting. Pay careful what you wish for, I guess. But the, Absolutely. the, I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman springs to mind as well because, oh, yeah. like, he was such a brilliant actor. Um, and you know, but I think that obviously being in that position, the kind of the person that he was, it really he really struggled with that idea. You know, the the idea of fame and um and and um everything that came with that was was obviously a burden as well as a blessing. You know, in, yeah, in some ways, I mean, it always makes me <laughs> smile that, that 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 people um we did talk on a previous podcast about this. I think it was the Krakow one where people are so desperate. <laughs> It's it's pathetic and sad just how desperate they are for fame and fortune. Um, they don't seem to be that interested in doing good work. Uh, as an actor, they seem to be more interested in the fame and fortune. That seems to be the, the goal they go for. And they work so hard to get it. And then when they get it, 
They go around wearing sunglasses, disguising <laughs> themselves, disguising themselves, and, and wearing masks across their face yeah. because they don't want people to recognise them. Yeah, and they don't want they don't <clears throat> want it. And so, well, yeah. uh, in in some ways, I think it's uh, it's not it's that idea that you know that this would be an amazing experience if it happened to you mm. as an actor. You think you know becoming a, a Hollywood movie star, and, and look, don't get me wrong, I'm sure there's ve- there's loads of upsides to that, right? But um, it depends on the individual and the way that you are. I, personally, it would be a living hell for me. I would hate the idea of, of walking down the street and people, you know... I mean, sometimes it happens, Rob, right now, because, you know, I'm kind of known for what I do, you know? I walked into a shop or something like that. says, are you and, Brian Simony? And, yep. and it's like, mm. and it's like it's fine, you know? But mm. on the other hand, I think I don't like my anonymity being taken away. And I think that... Um, that I think that when people do become famous, that becomes a big issue. And I think it's it's a bigger issue than most people realise. That, um, And I think that's why a lot of these actors, you know, the, a certain amount of these actors end up in rehab or they end up with addictions like drink and alcohol, um, well, same thing, drugs or sex like Michael Douglas. Whatever yeah. it is, they end up with a, a form of addiction that is um, hard that's to That's right. And, to the other, kick. and the other problem you have, of course, is when you become... Um, well-known, famous, whatever you want to say, when you become successful. A friend of mine who's, who's a very successful uh, cult writer called Alan Moore um, said to me, uh, he said, the problem is with the jaw, he, he describes it as the clumping jaws of fame. And he said, the problem is with the clumping jaws of fame is when you do something and you do something well and you do it good and what you've done is very popular and it's, it's good. Mm. The next thing you do after that has got to, you've got to top it. Yeah. You've got to be even better every time. You've got to top it because if you don't, the last thing you've done is the thing that people are interested in, really. It's what you get remembered for. It's what you get remembered for in the industry. And so once you've achieved a certain standard, you've got to at least keep to that standard, if not top it every time. Yeah. And he said, that's what the clamping jaws, it's it's pressure, pressure, pressure. Mm. Yeah, I think that must be very difficult and very lonely Um, because I think that um, at that level, it it must become more difficult to trust people, um, to, you know, to actually have genuine relationships without people wanting things from you. Um, And I I think that's possibly as well why why it leads um, certain actors into addiction and then then ultimately rehab. Yeah, you've got to keep it real and, and, and most importantly of all, you've got to, You've got to stay in touch with yourself, you know. You've just got to, yeah, you've got to, you've got to know yourself and stay in touch with yourself. Well, there's, a, there's another remind fact. me of that. I had that tattooed on me. Stay in touch with yourself. That's what, I've got that tattoo. Uh, I thought it was know thyself. Well, know thyself, stay in touch with yourself. Same, Same thing. thing. Same thing. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a, it's an interesting um, dilemma or problem, and I and I think that the other thing is that actors in general. I, I mean, this is sweeping generalization, right? But the reason it's a sweeping generalisation is it tends to be that there's there's a reason for that. There's something in there that is that tends to be true, which is that actors tend to be quite hedonistic. Oh, there's a hed- tell me about there's it. a hedonistic yeah. aspect to mm. actors that they and I think it's because they're very playful. They enjoy mm. having fun, and mm. and I think that that fun you know extends outside the rehearsal room. You know, it's like they want to have fun. Um, in life in general, and sometimes that can lead uh, an actor down. Yeah, it can lead to addiction. It can lead to all kinds of problems. Yeah, this hedonistic attitude. Yeah, um, uh, you have to be careful of that. Actually, yeah, you do. So uh, I think the, the the main thing is that the, the way to avoid this is that I think if you're you're grounded in the work, 
you know, the reason that you're an actor, the reason that you're you're doing this, is that you enjoy the process of acting, um, and not just doing it for the sake of um, wanting people to like you or to get noticed. Um, I think these are all the wrong reasons to become an actor. I've, I've always, I've always said that. I've always said that to to invest in the process, all in art in general, invest in the process without thought of the result, and um, you know, and, and and I think that is the way to to some form of, of personal success, if, if not industry success, then certainly personal success, mm. and I which think is more important, actually. Definitely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's about transformation in a funny sort of way as well, because I think that, um, I mean, if you look at it, right, it, when people take drink, alcohol, um, drugs, whatever it is that the, the, the addiction might be, I think that there's a transformation that happens. They they go from who they really are to maybe something that they they think they want to be or or, or re- relieves them of the of certain boundaries of who they are in everyday life when there's none of that going on, and I think in acting the same thing happens. There's the same transition that goes on yeah. within the work. I think that when an actor becomes a character, get involved in a character, there's maybe very different from them. It releases them of the boundaries of their own experience. They're, they're no longer trapped by, well, this is the way that I am and this is the things that I would do and released into another world. When they're under the influence of drugs or alcohol, you mean? No, I, I, what I'm just saying is that I think there's a similarity between yeah. the experience of of whatever the addiction might be, drugs, alcohol, whatever, um, the, to, to the acting process itself. Oh, I because see. Because I think that in both cases there's a transformation process where people are liberated of their own inhibitions, liberated of their own boundaries, the, the, um, and, and new boundaries created, and there, there's a freedom created in both. That's certainly true, yeah, that's certainly true. In a sense, um, not only acting, but the creative process. Yeah. Whatever creativity you're into is in itself a kind of a drug, which is where we go back to the crack hole, that is in itself a kind of a drug. But, you know, the other side of the coin, and I'm certainly, as you know, Brian, and I'm sure you're not, we we are not, repeat, not advocating taking drugs. No. But, But there are some great creators out there like the fantastic writers um, uh, Samuel Taylor Coleridge, Thomas De Quincey, who uh, produced their amazing, amazing work under the influence of opium. The Beatles. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, you're right. I'm not advocating this, no, but, no, but there, there is, there is an interest in service, you know, boundary crossing experience. I mean, Timothy Leary described it as opening the doors of perception, mm-hmm. and I mean, and, and, and I mean, I think that for some people. That can happen, you know. I mean, uh, Charlie Parker, the great jazz saxophonist, um, was w- was a chronic drug addict and chronic alcoholic. In fact, died at the age in, in his early thirties of it, mm. but left a legacy of some fantastic music. And so, um, you know, th- 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 there is something to be said about the the dangers mm. of doing it, but the dangers far outweigh the benefits. So don't do it, guys. Yeah. You know, um, no, no. I mean, it's no. yeah. We're not. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's not something that you you want to be involved in. Um, but I think it's good to realise that actually your art form or what you are doing provides exactly the same benefits as any sort of you know so called drug may may provide, because. I actually think that when you are in the acting process and when you are in that creative process, 
um, there's there is a very uplifting experience that ha- that happens within that process. Um, it's it's very liberating, it's very freeing, and I think that that is very similar to what people are looking for when they do take. Do you think that sometimes? This is just a question. Mm. Do you think that sometimes um, when people produce some, you know, uh, I mean, mind-blowing work of creativity, Mm. do you think they would have been able to do that without the assistance of the drug that they were taking at the time? I think think there's a lot of proof to to prove that that is definitely possible anyway. Mm. I mean, Mm. if you look at the, you know, great musicians or composers or painters of the time, not all of them were addicted to... To no. some substance, right. so um, right. so which would make me basically say, well, actually, there's a lot of creativities happen without it, and there's a lot of creativities happen with it. Um, I think it comes down to the to the individual, but again, I think it's, I think in both cases, it's, it's this search um, to get out with your own self, and I think that acting. Um, Maybe it's not. Maybe we shouldn't be so surprised, Rob, that, that that many actors, you know, when they reach that top level, or whatever, still, you know, end up in rehab because, in in a sort of way, that that's what the search the search has always been about, you know, going beyond their own boundaries as a person. Yeah, and yeah. and I think that when you look at acting or drug taking, is that that is kind of what they're trying to get at. There's some sort of happiness and or the, the some perceived happiness in going beyond your own self. Well, that's what all. That's, um, that, I mean, that's what all art is about, isn't it? Really, it's about trying to achieve that which is actually, I, I, I think, maybe unachievable. It's, mm. it's, or trying to express that that which is inexpressible. Um, it, 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 it's not something. It's this. It's the problem of the artist, isn't it? It's not. It's not something that you can necessarily express um, or articulate. Or express in pictures or in music, or you try to, you try to, but it's something that you experience yourself inside yourself. Now, to express that, what you're experiencing, to express what what you wish to communicate, it's that's that's the problem of the artist to try and do that. Mm. And um, uh, and sometimes I think it's inexpressible, which is why a lot of artists, of course, go bonkers; they go mad. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of artists yeah, that yeah. that are very frustrated um, because. Of the, they have this, you're right, experience, but they're trying to express in a way that they feel is um, authentic and real to them, and and many people have, um, and I think the the great artists, whether it be actors, musicians, um, painters, sculptors, you know, they they're continually in that search uh, to push that boundary to kind of liberate them their own ex- their own experience and go beyond themselves and and create something that people watch or look at and go. Yeah, I, I'm beginning to experience some level of that too. Yeah, I mean, if you if if if, if you go um, like the great romantic poets, Keats, Shelley, people like that, if mm. you if, if if you go uh, into uh, I don't know, in, in into a field in the summer, and you feel something, you have you have it's like the actor's gods descending thing. Mm. You know, the gods descend on you, and you feel you're you're with God, whatever you conceive that mm. to be. I'm not Bible pushing. I'm not doing any of that. I'm not a religious, so I'm not. But whatever you conceive God to be, you're with God on that day. And it's it. And, and, and how do you express that? How do you express what you're feeling? How do you share that with somebody else? They have to experience it for themselves, really. And you can't you can't express it. You can't. But you try to. As an artist, you try to. It's, yeah. it's so difficult. And, uh, and, and and but but keep trying because yeah, you know, I, I, it's funny because like um, 
One of the, the experiences I had well, in theatre, um, mm. anyway, where I, I had this experience that was a collective, I'd say, experience was when I saw the Van Tangoff Theatre Company. And they, they went, the way that they were working as well, it really, they really uh, uh, managed to communicate in a level that went way beyond the words, the uh, the idea even of the play. It's just they, they, they managed to communicate in a very deep level that was very artistic um, and, and was very varied. You know, there's like times where it was very subtle, times it was, it was huge, um, which, of course, um, led me to, to incorporate that in what we're doing now, in mm. fact, as we've I've discussed in the past, I'm currently doing this uh, production, Miss Julie, which will will be in October. So watch out for it, guys. I'll let you know when it happens. Um, where we we start to use that, and and in the rehearsal process, it's really interesting because you're um, you're working in a way with the actors that. Um, yeah, it's it's a very creative and liberating experience, I think, um, for the actor and going beyond the realms of just themselves um, into something bigger. What is that bigger thing that they're going to? That's a very good question, mm. Rob. Mm. Um, because it, and how do they get there? Yeah, well, that's exactly what we've been doing over the last um, two or three years is going is looking at that whole process and how you get to that um, and without going into loads of details around it um, I think one of the things that I've noticed is that the actor's got to be free and spontaneous um, because I think as soon as the actor gets too encumbered with too many things to think about too much um, logical technique it becomes more difficult to create that and uh, anyway there's been a lot of stuff that's come to light recently that's, um, that I've incorporated into what we're doing at the studio that allows that to happen more and more. And the results I'm seeing from it are, are brilliant. And But w- one of the things that I would say, the biggest changes that, that I think is important for any actor training and, um, is that if the actor becomes too encumbered with logic, it, it shuts down the creative process and it becomes more difficult to attain what we're talking about here. And what we're talking about is going beyond the self. It's like, so where you're working unconsciously. Um, and I don't think you can ever reach that stage when you're logically thinking about it. You know, I was watching a TV programme last night. <clears throat> I won't mention the actor. But I could see them working very technically and logically in fact depending a lot on their voice the the rise and fall of how they were going to intonate and the 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 sort of the range within their voice and to communicate because when i looked at them nothing was coming through the eyes nothing was coming through their experience but they were using their voice a lot to to do the expression and i thought for tv and film uh, well for theater you could maybe get away with that but for tv and film you can't um and there has to be an experience, you know, that you have to be, find some sort of way of living for real. Um, so I'm going off at a tangent here, but it no, just, no, it just no, reminded me of um, how important it is to to keep to that. Um, to, to In order to go beyond, get to that unconscious level, you can't do it through logic alone. That's what I'm saying, right? Uh, no, you, 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 you just have to live in the reality of it and... and, uh, and impulses happen you don't take an impulse they happen yeah because if you take an impulse what you're doing is you're acting on an idea as opposed to an impulse happening 
and so that's what you kind of what you, that's in the area of what you're talking about. Yeah, I think I think that when the actor stops thinking about himself and they start thinking um, and, and starts perceiving um, the, and the other stop thing. thinking about himself. Yeah, I know, I know that's going to be hard to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's the that's the end game. Anyway, yeah. maybe we'll talk about this in more detail the the Van Tangoff um, and Demidoff stuff um, in a later podcast. But I think it's um, that's really important because I think that a lot of the time. I'm, I'm, you see actors getting bogged down by technique, and I think that it's, it's actually the wrong way to go. You need, it needs to liberate them. So do I. Yeah. I, think, I, I think to be before you can even start to study a technique um, or a methodology, you have to be in touch with yourself. Oh, and, definitely. And, and, yeah. and know who is the person that is studying this methodology. You have to set the bedrock, otherwise yeah. it's clinical and empty. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of the way I think you describe this is that you know, if you're going to learn a technique, you've got to make sure that the the field is is has been you know ploughed, because in a way that if it's not and it's it's concrete or it's hard, it's like it's like scattering seeds on on like on concrete. It's like it's almost impossible for anything to grow. But there you go. But it. if the if the land has been prepared, then it's much e- much much easier. My thoughts yeah. exactly. So prepare the land before you start to study it. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes they're both in conjunction mm. because the person starts and doesn't realise even that the, the field needs to be prepared. Mm. And then that's a process that happens. It, certainly I see that with my students is that, you know, sometimes when they start, they're they're not fully aware of just how much um, self-knowledge um, is required in order to do the work. Um, but then as they go along, they begin to realise that more and more and therefore the field becomes more and more you know, ploughed, as it were, and so the 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 teaching becomes more, you know, um, embedded in something that can grow. Yeah. But anyway, I think that's another podcast for another day. This is. I think we should definitely oh, do that one. Then. Yeah, well, let's do it next. All right. Yeah, we'll do that on the next one. Okay, people, that was all about uh, rehab. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> going off at a tangent, but there you go. Uh, speak to you on the next one. Cheers. You've been listening to Brian Timoney's World of Acting. For a full transcript of today's show, go to www.worldofacting.com. We'll see you next time.